Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Uh, hey, everyone. Uh, this, this is uh, John and Matthew from Samurai Brothers Wrestling, uh, episode 10 of our uh, podcast. Uh, Matthew, that's uh, 10 episodes in. Yep, we made it to the double digits. Made it to double digits, and um, you know we're we're trying to work hard on what we can to just you know talk about what we like and stuff, and uh, get ourselves more informed on uh, uh, how everything is going on in the world of wrestling, uh, especially when it comes to the U.S. and Japan and uh, elsewhere worldwide. So uh, today we're going to uh, kind of talk about uh, the results we've been seeing from, uh, as you know, this past week was the. U.S. Open, the United States Marine Corps U.S. Open, which is essentially the biggest tournament uh, in the country um, at any given time. And uh, so everyone will descend on Las Vegas where it's normally held. Well, it's the biggest tournament in freestyle. Biggest tournament, yes, for freestyle. Freestyle and Greco. Right, yeah. And, uh, you know, that's where they, they will get everyone to come in and uh as you probably have seen you know you've obviously got the senior weight uh senior divisions which is everyone who compete tries to compete on national level then you're going to have u20s which is you know kind of um freshmen freshmen and sophomores i think for college and um and then you used to be referred to as the university division right and then U17, which I think was the junior division. Yeah. Um, and then U15, which I think was cadet. But um, And I noticed that um, uh, when I've been seeing highlights from, because uh, in Japan, they just recently had the, um, the Junior Olympics tournament, um, which, Matthew, I think you remember I competed in that one time. And, um, and uh, so they've changed how they're naming the – the divisions there too so now it's u17 and u20 uh which is uh interesting that they're going uh you know same uh the same way that we're going uh on it also so but i think that's good you know hey when when uh fila switched over to to uww which is united world wrestling uh they're really trying to unite how we're doing stuff which i think is good because now everyone's on the same page and there's um, you know, not a lot of confusion uh, as to what's going on, but, um, and then, and then they've got, you know, I think, um, U12s and U8s. So, you know, it's just all over the place as far as, you know, who's competing and what, and then, uh, we can't forget the, uh, the master's divisions, um, which is, you know, uh, when you're basically a veteran and, you know, you don't have to compete in seniors, you can compete in those, you know, once you start hitting uh you know your late 20s uh early 30s and such um anyway so uh let me just kind of go over uh what we have so far in terms of uh you know uh today uh we're gonna just you know kind of go over how everything went with the uh the senior divisions and uh you know because if we try to cover everything we'd be going probably four or five hours i'm just trying to cover everything but uh let's let's see all that uh all that we have for uh today 
And uh, so I'll start off, we'll start off with freestyle, obviously, and then we'll kind of uh, go down the list just to kind of get a, an idea of uh, who, who did what, who did what at this, uh, at this tournament. Um, and uh, Matthew, if you remember, since there's already people that are qualified, you know, this is, this is a major qualifying tournament for the uh, world team trials. So for winning, if you win this tournament, then you have a, a seed into you're going to be seeded into the semifinals at the world team trials. So you don't have to wrestle from the bottom, but um, you know, and then top seven in freestyle qualify for freestyle and, you know, the other weight classes too. Uh, but if, if um, you know, the top seven that qualify for freestyle can also get qualified for Greco at the world team trials, which again, you and I have been talking about that. They're trying to encourage participation um, for Greco. And yeah. And the, the, the qualification criteria is a lot more loose for Greco. A, a lot more loose because, you know, um, if you remember, you know, if you, if you place top three at the NCAAs then you can qualify for world team trials at, you know, for freestyle, but you know, you don't, uh, you don't necessarily have to be, I think it was like what top five. I think if I remember correctly, top five at, um, you know, NCAA is qualified for Greco, but then also D2, D3 and NAIA, you know, top three winners could also qualify for Greco. So they're really trying to get people to want to, you know, wrestle in Greco. Oh, uh, don't, don't NAIA top three qualify as well. Yes, that's what I said. Yeah, D2, D3, and NAIA oh, yeah, top wrestlers from those tournaments also qualify for the for the Greco World Team Trials. So, you know, it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting to see what happens. But so why don't we go into it? Uh, we'll start off senior freestyle. Um, everything's pretty much wrapped up today. Uh, you know, it was the last day. Uh, I'm not sure what they were doing today, but, uh, you know, Let's see how they went. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, screen share uh, what we have. Probably one of the other myriad divisions. So I saw here, so um, freestyle 57 uh, kilos uh, for the men's. Uh, They had a full 16-man bracket. And uh, I was reading over some of the... Just 16? Yeah, only 16 for 57s. And um, like I know that they, the average man is not as is, is well, bigger than they used to be, but you'd think that. Hi. Am I coming in? Uh, according to this, it's still recording. Okay, good. Um, you cut out right. <laughs> when um right when you started talking so sorry can you can you repeat that one so i can where was i was gonna i'm i'm gonna edit this out where 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 was i you literally started talking and then you you um oh yeah about uh 57 so i'm kind of surprised that the 57s were that low attended because I know that the average man is bigger than they used to be, 
but you'd think that more guys would try to compete if there's only 16. Right. And because there was only 16, they only seated down to four um, in this one. Now, one of the things that uh, we saw was interesting was that, okay, so the, the number one seed, um, which was uh, Townsville uh, from NY, NYAC, um, he cruised through his first match. He faced off against um, Greg Diacomales, which is the brother of Yanni uh, Diacomales from Cornell. And um, so he cruised through that match. But then in the, sem- in the quarterfinals, he was upset by uh, Moulton. And uh, from what this looks like, uh, Moulton was losing nine to five, but I have to guess he got a pin at 219. So that is, you know, one of those, you never know what's going to happen until it happens. Um, so then that, that, and then, but Moulton ended up making the finals. Now in the end, uh, Townsville did place, but uh, he placed top, you know, seventh place. So it was Matthew Ramos from the Boilermaker RTC. Now, Matthew, I think Boilermaker if we were to take a wild guess on which campus this Boilermaker RTC might be affiliated with, uh, I think you know uh, where we're going with that. Yeah, it's our grandfather's alma mater of Purdue. Yeah, I have to imagine this is this has to be an, an RTC at Purdue, but you know, I think that's kind of interesting that um, yeah, per, uh, the I didn't you wouldn't. When you think Purdue, when you think Purdue in the Big Ten, you don't think of them as really being high competing. In they they did not have any All Americans this year, so yeah, you don't think of them competing highly in any sport, really. And then here they are. They're kind of they're kind of here and there. They 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 um they're good at uh, playing spoiler. Oh, yeah, and uh, this would be an example of that. So, anyway, Matthew Ramos, the number two seed, uh, did win. Uh, so, he will get the, the seeding into the semifinals at the, at the World Team Trials. Um, but uh, Jocko Mollis actually um, did good because uh, he finished fourth. Uh, but Anthony Moulton, who upset Gabriel Townsville, he took second. So, who, who in the uh... – Remind me, who in these people are already uh, seated in, or oh no, qualified for the World Team Trials? I'd have, to go, I'd, I'd have to go back. No, I don't think Dr. Mollis was, was uh, I don't think he had made it. Um, I think if I were to go and see, let's, well, let's take a, let's take a quick look. USA Wrestling um, Challenge Tournament uh, Qualified. So, yeah, I think the last updated list of, uh, oh, here, let's go to flow just to make sure of, because, uh, yeah, I think the last time, so Gilman, he was in. Um, so, so far we're looking at, so this this is all who was qualified um, as of the 21st, and I think, um I think when we had seen last, 
because the the um there was the one tournament that had gone after the qualifications. Yes, uh, there was the Memorial Tournament that took place in, in Iowa. Yeah, the Bill Farrell. Actually, no, Bill Farrell. Um, I don't think, though, that any of the um, wrestlers that were competing in this tournament were qualified um, for the World Team Trials. At least not that I know of. Uh, but I may well, be wrong. It, it's, it sounds like. It sounds like at least at 57, most of these, uh, most of the guys who are already qualified are just willing to roll the dice in the. Um... Yeah, I don't think anyone. I I think a lot of these, a lot of these people are are not qualified. That's why they're kind of coming in. Well, it's, well, as we pointed out, the U.S. Open automatically gets the semifinal. Yeah, the winner. The winner. So yeah, there could be yeah, well, there it, could it, someone sounds, who was. Qualified. It sounds like most of the qualifiers were just willing to roll the dice and um, just take their chances in the actual tournament. Um, I now um, the winner is in the semifinals. What about everyone else? Everyone else has to has to fight below. That, that's what'll that's what'll have to happen. No, 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 no. Do any other places in the U.S. Open? Uh, any other placers in the U.S. Open get qualified? Yes. Yeah, so the top seven, the top seven placers at the U.S. Open qualify for the World Team Trials. Oh, so in other words, if you win two matches in the World Team Trials, you're well. Actually, no, you're not in because top seven, but. No, yeah, you've if you make the semis, you're in. Yeah, if you make the yeah, if you if you make the semis or the constellation semis, you're in. That is true, yes, because you that's that's a top six uh right there. Um and uh I think uh, another thing is yeah, so that so that's where they really make it, um, you know, it's, it's uh, really important for the, um, for that seventh place match. Yeah. Cause that's Cause the you, one, that's the one where you're, it's like, yeah, you're, if you're you don't really trying to wrestle. Yeah. If you don't make it, you're not going to the world team trials. So, okay, yeah, here we go. Um, it was this one. Okay, so... Um, yeah, still still, still not... Um, yeah, none of the guys that uh, competed at... So, yes, none of the guys who are in here quali- were qualified yet. So that'll give you an idea of what we're going. So let's let's move up to the next weight class. I would argue that this was probably the easiest weight class. Well, I mean, it's it was the I wouldn't call it nothing's ever easy in wrestling. Um, I'd call Theoretic- it the, theoretically it's the easiest because it's probably the lowest weight class. 
Right. Like, let's face it, there's more heavyweights. There's most likely there's more heavyweights than. Oh, okay. So then, then you had um, 61 kilos. Now they have this set up as a 64 man bracket, but when I was kind of like trying to count through everything, uh, you can see this, right? I'm seeing lots of. Are, are yes. there? So I are think. Are there any actual matches? In, oh, there we go. Yeah, there we there's go. one match down here. And then um, it was I set up as a 64 man, but it was really more like a, uh, it was a, it was a 30, it was a 33 man bracket, but because of that, they have to set it up as a 64 man because you have to have it on equal ground. Basically you're, you're not going to do it like in, um, you know, some other tournaments or whatever. So that's, yeah, that's how that no, went. There's no piggybacks in this tournament. No, there is no, there is no piggybacks. Yes. So then you, if we go to about the court, and I think on this one, this is where they will seed up to eight, I think. Okay, so they seeded up to seven. So when we get down to the quarterfinals, who did what? Now it looks like all the sixth seed ended up losing, um, getting to the quarters uh, at 61 kilos. And then you had, you literally had the one, all four top seeds make the, um, make the semis. And so it went exactly the way it was supposed to go. Right. And then that, the, and then um, the four seed ended up beating the one seed. So Tyler Graff was the one seed and he ended up, uh, you know, not, uh, not making it. And then you had, um, so it was, Nico uh, Megaludis, uh, who was the winner uh, from Titan Mercury, and then he beat Joshua Rodriguez uh, from Titan Mercury. So uh, were these guys, uh, were any of the top seven qualified? Now, I think Seth Gross was qualified um, as uh, for 61 kilos. So, yes, Seth Gross was qualified, and so was Tyler Graff uh, trying to get into the tournament. So. So oh, they were trying to get from what it seemed, They were trying right. to get they were, they were trying to they were competing here with the intention of trying to get the semifinal seed at uh at the yeah, world so team 50, trials. 57 the, the lowest was 57, right? It's what? The lowest was 57 kilos, right? The lowest was 57, yes. Yeah, so the 57 kilo guys were 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 just resting whereas some of the guys in at right. 61 were trying to get the, the higher seed. Right. They wanted to get the, they want to get that higher seed, but unfortunately they uh, weren't, a, we're not able to quite get it. So it is what it is. Um, but so they both. So basically up until this point, a non-qualified wrestler just got into the semifinals. Yes, that's correct. Nico Megalutis. Um, cause this is the latest update. So yes. And they actually did not have a lot of people qualified up to this point. There were only, there were only five wrestlers that are, that are qualified. So, but oh, and, and, so in the U S yeah. open, theoretically, um, 61 kilos was, uh, a more challenging field than, uh, 57 kilos. Right. But it's looking like at the world team trials, it's the opposite. So, yes, theoretically, theoretically, here's what we could be looking at. Depending on if, if, um, who all wrestles, 
depending on if the, the NC, because we haven't seen anything from the NCAA. I have not seen anything from these four here for 57 kilos. As far as um, now, I can't imagine that RBY and DeSanto will cut down to 57. I got to imagine that they would, you know, if anything, they would. Now, just to confirm, 57 kilos, if my math is correct, is. That's 120. It's 125 pounds. Okay. Because 60 is 132. So I'm kind of surprised that USA Wrestling would qualify the wrestlers at 133 for 157. Well, I guess if they want to, it's, it depends on if they want to make the. Um, uh, um... I mean, for all I mean, for all I know, maybe they declared. I don't know. I haven't seen anything about that. Maybe well, they have. Well, you know, the NCAA is the ones are is the. Um, organization that does weight cutting regulations usa wrestling does not Mm -hmm. but to be fair despite the lack of oversight you know yeah deaths in usa the reason why i was institute was because in the 90s several wrestlers died from dehydration from cutting too much weight but despite that you don't see that in you don't see weight cutting related deaths in usa wrestling events you've seen more weight cutting deaths in mma than you've seen than we've seen in usa wrestling it's just it's it's i don't know it's, it's just weird i don't know if i don't know if usa wrestling's just been more fortunate or if they're just doing something differently well, i think i think they do have regulations discouraging discouraging it oh okay for sure anyway so, you know, that's going to be interesting. So, you know, you could have a really loaded 57 kilos. I mean, because they've got nine here. Gilman, he's, um, I think, was he in the, uh, hold on a second. So, yeah, actually, Gilman just accepted his um, final X thing, which is part of our um, part of our talking for. You know, um, I, I know this is another case of, you know, we're squirreling and getting off topic, but in um, uh, the, uh in MMA, uh, the California Amateur Mixed Martial Arts Organization, or CAMO, is um, uh, at one point was beta testing uh, the uh, weight cutting hydration uh, policies. Mm-hmm. So they were based um, a lot of times in MMA nowadays, uh, stuff that might rule changes that might be instituted are beta tested at the amateur level first. Hmm. And that way they could see if it works or it doesn't work. Like at one point they were looking at, cause right now with MMA, they have the, the 10, um, 10 point scoring system, which is like boxing where the winner gets 10 points, loser gets nine or less points. But at one point they were instituting a 0.5 system where if it's a closer match, then the winner, the loser would get like 9.5. It ultimately didn't go anywhere, but that's just an example. Hmm. Interesting. So as I understand it right now, um, Camel is, in, is, is uh, beta testing uh, uh, hydration um, policy. Well, so to get back on topic, 
yeah, um, yeah, kind of seeing where we are in terms of, you know, how, how many people can be expected to compete at, at the World Team Trials. I mean, when you're looking at it right now, 57, you've got, you have nine qualified. Now, it's unknown whether or not these four will have actually officially accepted or not. I haven't seen anything. I haven't seen anything either on USA Wrestling or Flow that indicates that, but maybe I missed it. So you have nine potentially uh, wrestling for the World uh, Team Trials at, um, you know, later this month. Plus you add in the seven that qualified at the, at the U.S. Open. So you potentially have a full 16-man bracket for 57 kilos. Now, when it comes to 61, two of the top seven at the U.S. Open were already qualified. So right now you only have 10 that are, that are possibly going to compete uh, at 61. So that's where, that's where that stands right now. So where are we at when we go to 65? So at 65, it was the same thing. It was about, I think, uh, I think it was the same thing because you see one match right here in the round of 64. Um, if I were to go down, I'm not sure that I'm seeing any more. So I think like 61, the 65 kilos was a 33-man um, man bracket. Uh, officially, it was a 64-man bracket. So you had... So, um, again, they see down to seven. So, if we go to the quarterfinals, uh, had a little bit of a shakeup. Um, it was Evan Henderson uh, in the semis with number five seed, uh, Matthew uh, Kalozik. And then you also had Kendrick Maple. And you had Patricio Lugo. So, in the semis of this weight class, the top two seeds were upset. So it ended up being uh, Ken, uh, yeah, Kendrick Maple, who was the number six seed, uh, ended up be beating um, Matthew uh, Kolozik for the U.S. Open national title. Now, uh, are any of the top seven placers, um, were they already qualified for the world team trials? So, we go down here. Evan Henderson was. He was qualified. Uh, I'm not seeing anyone else that was qualified at 65. So Evan Henderson was trying to aim for that semifinal seed, but he lost out in the semis. So I, I, I see one thing I saw trending, Matthew, and we'll have to go to – actually, if we go to the results, I'm wondering what Evan Henderson did after he lost the semifinal because one thing I noticed was that the top – the, the number one seeds in all the weight in the three weight classes we've seen so far all end up taking sixth. Now, I just have a gut feeling about it, but let's go to the results of. You think they forfeited out? So uh, let me see here. Oops, this is not it. Uh, you know, there's always a, uh, a possibility. I don't know. Uh, where did it go? Why is this over? <laughs> I'm seeing all these. My gosh, look so at all I don't know questions. why. I don't know why these are all open. It's absolutely no sense.
This is the one thing about flow that kind of gets to me is how it's really confusing to try and use. Okay, so senior freestyle. Here we go. Fifth place match. So yeah, see, Seth Gross did not compete. And Evan Henderson did not compete. So, you know, I think pretty much it's like once you make it, you're 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 done. They they decide it's not um, you know, they decide not to go out. So it is what it is, you know. If they didn't get into the finals and they just didn't they just Yeah, there's there's no there's no point in trying to to go on. So uh, anyway, so yeah, there was only, so it looks like we're going to be adding, so if I were to kind of close out some tabs here. So it looks like we're going to be adding six wrestlers to 65 kilos uh, on top of what we have right now. So that's one, two, actually, did I see Jordan Oliver in there? I thought I saw Jordan Oliver in there. Maybe I saw him in another one. Let's see here. Where's the placing? Okay, so let's go to 70 kilos. So 70 kilos, again, we have a 64-man bracket, but it looks like we have more than one match in the round of 64. As you can see here, one, two, three, four at least. So it looks like the number, you know, probably had around 40 or so that competed at 70, which, you know, when you start getting into the bigger weights, that's not surprising. So what do we have uh, going into the, so um, the four and the five seeds uh, ended up lose, not making the quarterfinals. And then the num the one and the, the one, two and three seeds. Yeah. Here's Jordan Oliver. It was right here. So the one, two and three seeds um, all made the semis. And then Alec Pantaleo, who ended up winning the uh, U.S. Open, uh, defeated Jordan Oliver, who was the number two seed. And this was at uh, 70 kilos. So Why I'm looking at... Why not a number six? The number six was right here. No, 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 no. Look at the places. Oh, yeah. Well, that's interesting. That's a good question. Maybe he just, Maybe he got disqualified. Which would be bad. I don't know. Does that disqualify you from the, the world team trials? I have no idea. He must have. Uh, maybe it's just a mistake on Flo's part, or maybe, you know, I have to double check here. Uh, but what's interesting is both Pantaleo and Oliver are qualified at 65 kilos, but they. Well, it's simple. Are, they were going for the, um, they were going for the shorter route. Uh, so actually, no, I made a mistake. Pantaleo is not qualified at all. Jordan Oliver was qualified at 65 kilos, uh, but he he opted to go with the 70 kilo weight class instead. Now, it might be that he's just wrestling a weight class up because he's testing the waters, but he'll probably cut back down to 65 
once we get to the World Team Trials. So that is a possibility. Uh, Pantaleo, yes, is not qualified here, so we'll see what happens with that. Um, but uh, as far as we know, aside from this glitch with the sixth place um, person, I think Sam Sasso, I've seen him around too, but it doesn't look like he had qualified. So anyway, uh, looks like we're adding five, five uh, new or five or six new wrestlers to um, the 70 kilo weight class. So then if we go to 74, which Matt, that's uh, probably one of the more competitive um, so Jason Nolf, uh, Cameron Amin, some of the names that anything we... yet. So here's, here's the one match here. Here's the second match here. So looks like it's a 30. There, there were ago, more 30... people competing at 70 than at 74. Mm-hmm. Yep. So where do we go from here? So Four, five, four, five, six, and seven seeds all ended up losing, not getting into the semifinals. Uh, Jason Nolf, um, who we know from NCAA fame, uh, was the number one seed, and uh, looks like he uh, took dispatched his opponents pretty quickly. Um, now, just tech to falls. Is, is the U.S. Open a double elimination? Yes, it is. Okay. Yeah. We just don't see the, the double because... Well, because if you if you do this, you'll find consolation and all okay, that. Okay, well, yeah, let's not look at that. We don't need to see that. So, anyway, um, Jason Nolf over Josh Shields. And uh, let me see here. So, uh, what's the situation like over here at 74? So... Dake is the, you know. Uh, Jason Nolf did, uh, was already qualified. He was already qualified, but it looks like he wanted to use this to try and. So he won. So he's, he's the first person we're seeing that was qualified that actually got his semifinal seed by going out and winning the U.S. Open. So. Yeah, that's um, the only reason if you're a qualifier to compete. In the mm-hmm. U.S. Open is to get the higher uh, seeding. Right, get the higher seed. Because that way you only have to wrestle one match. Right. So, uh, let me see here. So, it looks like, though, that they are. Joshua Shields was. So, either Josh Shields or Jason Nolf were going to get the the semifinals uh, seed because Josh Shields was in the finals of the U.S. Open. So, uh, with that being said, and then what did we have at 79s? So 79s. So it looks like they seeded up to, oh, actually, let me go back because I saw something. So 79s, how many people were actually competing? Um, when you look at it, and, and here's the interesting thing, Matthew. Vincenzo Joseph got an eight seed. They actually seeded up to eight in the 79-kilo class, but it doesn't look like there were that many. Uh, Again, you know. So it's like a 34-man. No, there's there's quite a few more than a 30, because here's one right here. Uh, 
Here's one, two, three. four, five. So it's about a 37 man bracket. So if we go to the quarters, uh, you actually had the seven and eight seeds making the finals. Uh, the one and two seeds never got to, they, uh, they did not get out of the quarters. Uh, so, so who, excuse me, who ended up winning? David McFadden of Titan Mercury. Uh, over teammate Vincenzo Joseph from Titan Mercury. And um, there's a lot of Titan Mercury guys in, in the. Yeah, I have to think Titan Mercury might be um, regional if that's the case. I'll have to go back and look at it, but I can't imagine. Like, I you, know... you look at that, look at that. There's the, the uh, Titan Mercury qualified. Six, six of the seven qual, uh, placers were from Titan Mercury. Yeah. So where were, where are they in reference in regards to the U.S. Open? Or sorry, the um, World Team Trials. Yeah, World Team Trials. None of these guys were really in. So except for Derringer, which. Derringer got third, so he did not get the uh, seed. So that's going to be David McFadden who will be getting the seed at the um, at the World Team Trials. It's kind of interesting to see how the the qualifiers are. Um, in some weight classes, because some of the weight classes, there's more qualifiers, some of them they're less. Mm-hmm. Okay, 86. What do we have here? So it actually looks a, a bit smaller. Bracket. A 32-man bracket. But that being said, who did what? So you actually, um, the number two seed lost out early. Um, but here we have the number one seed, Mark Hall, um, winning out, and uh, he beat... Marcus Coleman, and uh, so where did we have uh, with this? And um, so in regards to well, team trials. So what do we have? So judging by what we have here, no one from no one who's qualified wrestling. So that means that these are all new guys that are qualifying, and uh, Mark Hall will be the um, he will get the semifinal seed uh, at the World Team Trials. So now we go to 92 kilos. So, Matthew, looks like this was a 15-man bracket. We're getting... It's like it's it's... It's kind of like the normal thing. We had small, big, small. Right. Well, I'll have to tell you, there was a um, when I when I officiated league last year, and depending on the weight class, this was boys and girls. I think the boys had 
they had they at least one team had someone in all the weight classes, but it was like a there was a weight class where there were only two boys wrestling. Which league was this? This was the um Yor- I think it was the Orange League. The Orange League. The one that um Western was in. So one of the smaller leagues. Probably it's a smaller league. Heck man, there were there were a couple of girls' weight classes where they didn't have anyone. There were like two or three weight classes where they didn't have any girls competing. So if they'd been able to find one girl for that division, then she would have automatically qualified. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like just make weight. <laughs> yeah, just make weight. <laughs> um Cameron Caffey. Just make weight. Cameron Caffey, the number two seed, uh, ended up uh, beating Isaac Trumbull, the number one seed uh, from Wolfpack. So Caffey gets the seed going into the World Team Trials. So 92, uh, was there anyone? Not to my knowledge. So I think these are all new guys coming in uh, for that, which is good. You know, there's a lot more guys out there. 97, what do we have? So, uh, Machiavello, I think uh, we saw him. He was competing in the... This is a 14-man bracket. The top two seeds got buys. Yeah. I think Machiavello was the one we were seeing. He, I think he competed at the Bill Farrell Memorial, so he ended up winning that. Um, I think he was already qualified. If I, Yeah. So he was qualified here already. Uh, but now he gets the semifinal. Um, seed at the world team trials so nothing much to really you know say out of that here uh, these other guys though they qualify so they'll get to wrestle at the tournament and see how they do again a case of uh, uh qualify trying to get the higher seed. right trying to get the higher seed so and the big boys now the big boys they actually had more wrestlers than the other two weight classes yeah interesting now it's a 32 it's a man bracket now how many did they actually have? one two three four five six seven eight nine so nine so there was there were 25 wrestlers 25 wrestlers in this weight class so you know that's uh it's an interesting one so now if we go down to who ended up winning so it was a it was a one through four seeding for the semis, and then the top two seeds prevailed, with Hayden Zilmer of GWC uh, prevailing over his opponent on a two two score. On a two two score in the finals, so there's something you don't see a lot of. But um, I guess- do they still do the thing where if the um, match ends in a draw, it was off of who scored last? Well, it depends. So you have to go by criteria. So in the case of a 2-2, let's say that one person got a takedown, which is two points, but the other person scored on two pushouts, which is a 1-1, the person with the higher criteria score is going to win the match. Now, in the case of if the criteria was the same on a two takedown for one, one for red and two takedown for blue, whichever colors scored last in that case is going to win the match yeah because the whole reason why they they stopped doing that was they want to get rid of overtime matches 
Right. They want to get rid of all the time hashes. So where does that put Zilmer in all this? That's another thing that they did hold over from the 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 old the flux rule change uh, era. Mm-hmm. It's like there there were some things. It's there were some things that theoretically were good about that era. So it it was better to keep some the the positive things and just you know deal mm-hmm. do away with the negative things. Uh, so Zilmer was qualified. He was he uh, qualified via his performance at the World Team Trials last year. And again, so, wanted to get the higher want to get the higher seating. So that's where he's at. So now, Matthew, let's go to let's go to the next one, which is going to be the women's. Uh, so in the women's uh, on the lightest weight class, which was fifty, you had what looks to be nine nine women competing at 50 kilos. And then uh, the winner of that was Aaron Galston over. That looked more like 10. Was it 10? Yeah, that's 10. Okay. Yeah. 10. So then the winner was uh, Aaron Galston over Nina Pham. Now, if we look at where uh, they were at, um, Neither women were qualified for the World Team Trials. And actually, if we were to look at, I don't think anyone else uh, out of this group was qualified. Now, I am I am seeing that there was not a four. Um, well, either way, it's, either way, it's another one of those situations where the... Where the um... Yeah, I'm kind of interested to see what happens specifically. Um, third place bout what happened no contest that's interesting and kind of interesting to see how they'll they'll when USA Wrestling puts out its um, uh, its placers how they're going to list that exactly I'm not too sure but we'll see we'll have to see um, <laughs> with that being said, like, uh, so like I was gonna say, one, another one of those situations where the the qualifiers just decide to sit out. Mm-hmm. So uh, at fifty three, you had nine women competing, and uh, here's the first one where I think we're saying that a non seated wrestler. On the weight class, uh, and that would be Felicity Taylor of the McKendry Bearcat Wrestling Club. Uh, ended up and actually dominating her opponent, uh, Alyssa. I don't, I don't even know if McKendry even had a wrestling women's wrestling team when I was there. Yeah, that's a good. I think because that McKendry, I think, is in Tennessee. I think. No, McKendry is in Illinois. I know because we took one night after classes to go and duel them my sophomore year. Uh-huh. But I, I, think, I think there's another McKendry in, that came up in Tennessee, though. Uh, okay. So, anyway, I don't think any of the wrestlers were um, qualified. Oh, wait, Felicity Taylor. So, she was qualified here. 
and again went out to get her. Uh, she got her her seed. Yeah. For that. That's interesting. So now if we go to 55. So 55, you had, again, um, not not a big weight class, but... The 10 woman. No, it's 11. Oh, yeah, it is one. matches that happen. So uh, looks like this is the biggest weight class so far, which is uh, 10 women, or I'm sorry, 11 women competing. He had a one-two matchup in the finals, and that was won by Jakara Winchester from Titan Mercury over Rana Heaton from Sunkist. So what has this brought out so far? Now, uh, one thing I found out was, um, if you remember Victoria Anthony, and I think she was going to compete here, um, but I think she got injured. So she was not able to... Uh, compete at the U.S. Open. Well, hopefully she competes in the World Team Trials. So that was... Hopefully uh, it's a minor injury that doesn't put her out for the... Uh, hopefully, hopefully. I mean, she's already qualified. So, you know, we'll just have to see how she does there. Um, as far as 55 kilos goes, uh, who was qualified? Um, for what I'm seeing here... I don't think any of the women here, well, maybe some of them were, um, but not the two top winners uh, were not qualified as far as I can see. So it was another one of those situations where they were trying to get the higher seed and didn't get it. The only one I see is Marissa Gallegos, who finished fourth. Um, but Jakara Winchester was not, um, was not on here, and I'm not seeing... Rana Heaton either. So huh, Grandview has a wrestling club. Oh yeah, that's interesting. So now if we go up to 57, uh the weight class is getting a little bit bigger. Um so what do we have here? We uh it's, looks like it's a 12 12 women bracket. Uh but we're seeing here that the winners ended up being Adriana Dorado Marin, the number four seed over Cameron uh, Guerin from Titan Mercury. And uh, and then Alexandra uh, Hendrick and Amanda Martinez took third and fourth. Now, where does that place them in terms of qualifying? I'm not saying much. So, again, the qualifiers were pretty important here. Well, yeah, so, so that means the qualifiers were resting and the non-qualifiers were... You know, something I just thought of, um, for the... Uh, is the criteria that in a, in a weight class where there's non-qualifiers, can eighth still qualify? That's a very good question. Because it looks like that might be the criteria here. Well, if it was, why are they still listing the wrestlers who qualify? Well, yeah, well, because because you still because it's it's this weird thing where it's like some of the weight classes they list up to seven, and some of the weight classes they list eight. So it's like I'm willing to say that maybe in a weight class where there's a qualifier in in the the top. 
that they're willing to let an eighth place uh, wrestler qualify. Mm, that's a good point. We'll have to go back and look at that after this. Uh, well, let me see that from here. So, yeah, I mean, you do make a point. The sixth place is mi- missing from here. And uh, um, at 59 kilos, Nania Estrella from, looks like Spartan. I think that's the Mi- Michigan club. Michigan uh, State. Yeah, she's quali- uh, she she won her weight class and uh, beat, um, I think this is uh, Shotical or Shotquatel. So what I'm willing to uh, deduce by looking at this is that the, um, the most new qualifiers that could come out of the U.S. Open is seven. Mm-hmm. But if someone's already qualified, then that means number eight would become a qualifier is what I, I, I'm, I'm seeing here. Well, let me see here. Who was the Haley Corona was the fifth place. She beat. Oh, we have to go to the fifth place match. Mirabella. Mirabella was the technically the sixth place. So we have to look for Mirabella here. But she's not on here. So she's not on here. And then she she forfeited the sixth place match. So you might be right. Maybe maybe they are for some reason if um doesn't really say why. That's a good question. But maybe you're right. Maybe they're qualifying the eighth place person because you know something happened to the sixth place person. Well, yeah, and then another thing, um, I'm wondering if um maybe um no contest if someone forfeits out then i wonder if that might affect their their qualification oh good question i'm wondering how mirabella did because okay so she so what happens here is that she lost so she lost in the semis and then she lost in the con semis and then she forfeit out, and the- right, she forfeited out. She forfeited the fifth place match. So I can't tell why they only ever listed. It looks like there's some criteria here that's not listed that plays into the the qualification criteria here. Mm-hmm. Possibly. I'm wondering then what happens. So, oh, okay. This would probably take us like look reading in depth into the exact rules. Well, here's. Here's something interesting, Matthew. Kayla Miracle decided to compete, even though she's in the final X. <laughs> what are you trying to do? Make it difficult for everyone else? That's a good question. Maybe that's she, the only reason I could think of is she's she, trying to right here, competition. Because that means no final direct, X. That means no direct uh, consolation. Um, that means no direct consolation winner. 
But here's here's an interesting thing. She at least our 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 broadcast episode from last week. She had not um, accepted her final X invitation. And um, when I get to when I get to um, when we talk about the other wrestlers who have accepted final X, she's not on the list. Spoiler alert: she's not on the list. So trying to figure out what's going on here. <laughs> But uh, it's, it's kind of a weird one. Did she wait too late and she lost it? Or can she technically recall? Oh, she, she has until, I think, uh, I think she has until, like, uh, May 15th or something like that. I'm willing to bet that she went in there just to, to keep, the, comp, uh, keep the, the competition more difficult for everyone else. Because she got that. That means there's no direct uh, semifinal seed. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we're looking at 65 kilos, Emma how, many, Brun- how many competed you went to quickly? Oh, sorry. So there was round of 16, which technically there was there was 10 women in this weight class. Uh-huh. If we go to the semis, uh, you had Emma Bruntel of Titan Mercury uh, winning uh, over Mallory uh, Velty. And as far as that weight class is concerned, uh, Emma Bruntill was a she was qualified already. So that so that might reinforce what I was talking about because she's already qualified. I don't know how many of those other people were qualified or not qualified, but that might mean that you could. Yeah, I'm wondering. Yeah, maybe you might be right because they're listing up to eighth place here. It would I, be something interesting to to go over. Um, yeah, once once we find out who all the qualifiers were, because I'm very sure that USA Wrestling is going to release a, a you know they're going to do a press release that'll show who all qualified after this tournament, and they might list the criteria there. Yeah, they might. I mean, Emma Bruntill was qualified, um, you know, but she wasn't in the final X, so that's Forrest Molinari, um, but. Emma Bruntill at least has the, the semifinal seed going into the into the um, into the world team trials. And this is a nine woman nine woman bracket. So number three seed, Sienna Ramirez, Southern Oregon Regional Training Center, over Kat, Katarina Lang. Uh, so where? Are these women at in terms of so 68 kilos? Doesn't look like anyone. There were only four that were qualified so far. And it looks like none of them, none of none of them that, that were already qualified are competing. So this will all be interesting. So you basically added seven women to the bracket by way of that. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Oh, here's a here's a, a here's one, Matthew. Kyra Cantillo. She is an alumni of Santa Ana College. Yeah. Well, that's quite a nice surprise there. So and she, she took seventh. So she went to she went to Grandview? Looks like she's at Grandview now. I'll have to talk to uh Doc Apadaka. 
see how that's going. Well, that's a, that's a nice surprise there. I like I like nice surprises, especially when it comes to Santa Ana College. Yeah, the reality is that's the only uh, wrestling program for you that you have strong ties to, at least stateside. So, uh, so this this is interesting, Matthew. Seventy two kilos for women's seven women competed. So, must be very nice for all of them, right? Yep. So, were any of them qualified? 72 kilos. There were only, let's see here. Only four women were qualified so far. Were any of them? Now, now I forgot. For the challenge tournament, um, for uh, weight classes that are not qualified, is that essentially the is that essentially the final X tournament or does so, the X tournament right? Happen? So what happens is that if if there is no wrestler in the final X, what they do is that in the challenge tournament they will they will wrestle up to the finals, and then the two finalists move on to the final X. So they don't even wrestle the, the finalists at the, the no, they don't. no, if if there's no if there's no one that's already in the final X, then those two wrestlers will not wrestle until depending on if their weight class is in Stillwater or it's in New York. So yes, they won't if if there's no if there's no wrestler in the final X, then those two wrestlers will then move on to the final X together. So in that case, the final X um, weight class winner would become the uh, would also be the, the challenge tournament winner. Uh, in the case that there is no there is no automatic final X qualifier, then yes. Now I I forgot is. The, the the so the world team uh, the world championships um do, do do you still have to qualify for the world team championships the that the, the world championships sorry uh that is a good question cuz i know it's a lot e- i it's if it, if you do have to qualify i know it's easier to qualify for the world championships. Like I've seen, uh, I've seen, um, nations that have qualified for the world championship that have not qualified for the, uh, Olympics. Well, the Olympics, I think they, I think they, um, I think they, you know, they have to limit how many people can qualify. Right. Um, now, the how you get to the world the world championships may depend i mean i'm I'm not sure if i don't think it's an open tournament um i think it may have to do it may have to do with each region because if you remember they've been having the asian championships recently they've been having the european championships recently um yeah but the pan am championship take place one once every four years sorry what 
the Pan Am championships don't don't are not a regular thing. They only happen like once every four years. Mm, I don't think so. They're not a regularly well. You well, because my understanding is Pan Am is the is the is the region that the U.S. belongs to. Right. And then you've got Oceania, and you've got. I think you've got Africa. Um, I guess that would be another thing to. That's, yeah, yeah, that's that's another topic. Should do another topic. Yeah, that's another topic to cover. All right, so we're getting a, a little bit short on time, so I'm gonna kind of um, go through uh, just just to kind of show who who won. Uh, you've got Guilford who won at uh, seventy six kilos for the women's. And uh, I don't think there was anybody here that was. Excuse me. Bless you. Uh, I don't think there was anyone here that was qualified unless I'm mistaken here. I'd have to go through another check. So I don't think so. Uh, I do see, okay, Victoria Francis. I do see her name in there. Uh, I don't see anyone else. So, but Victoria Francis did not win. She placed fourth. So, with that being said, let's see how Greco was. Now, I I got to see some highlights, Matthew, of of, uh, Colton Schultz. Uh, If you remember, he was the heavyweight finalist at the NCAAs. Mm -hmm. And he was throwing some people. Because he was doing Greco, and he was throwing some people. Just gnarly. Okay, so they're, they are in the process of doing Greco. You've got Nori and Dufield in the finals. So that, those are the, um, yeah, see, they're, they're not done with Greco. So we're going to have to come back to Greco uh, next week to see how that ended up doing. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, they've all they haven't even done the third place match, so they're in the middle of doing that. So um that concludes the freestyle for men and women seniors at the US Open. So we'll come back to that at a later time. We'll come back to the Greco at a later time. Um, because uh I think probably the one that gets my attention would be Colton Schultz, which uh looks like they did do his weight class. It seems, I don't know how they, the result, but it looks like they've given him the win. I don't know how, but anyway, so uh, Matthew, with that being said, so let's go into who has accepted their final X spots uh, update for this week. So first person we had that did accept was David Taylor. Uh, out of the Titan Mercury Wrestling Club slash Nittany Lion Wrestling Club. So he will be competing at New York on the 8th of June uh, in the Final X 86-kilo freestyle bracket. Kind of with a home field advantage. Yeah, kind of with a, yeah. Oh, that's what they're doing. It's at the Hulu Theater in Madison Square Garden. That's That's not the actual... I know that some events have been in um, the uh, the main auditorium, 
but the uh, the Hulu Theater is a smaller um, auditorium within the the actual um, building itself. It's that it's that's that uh the Hulu Theater actually has a very interesting uh, history because in sometimes when there would be pro wrestling events in there, um the main they not only sell the main auditorium but they'd also um show they'd also like set up um a big screen in the hulu theater and do it there as well oh that's interesting so um yeah as you know matthew taylor was the gold medalist at the uh olympics last year so that's where he gets to you know he gets a spot in there uh the next person that uh accepted was uh forrest molinari uh, at 65 kilo uh, women's freestyle. So she will be wrestling that event at the Stillwater uh, Final X, which will be on June 3rd. After that, um, this one should not be as any surprise, Matthew. Uh, Kyle Dake uh, is going to be uh, at the Final X for the 74 kilo uh, men's freestyle. And that will take place in New York uh, for that weight class. So, again, he's got a uh, home field advantage. Uh, as you and I both know, four-time NCAA champion in four different weight classes for um, Cornell. So that uh, is quite something. And uh, our and of third. He's kind, of got, he's kind of got home field advantage there. Right, yeah. Uh, Thomas Gilman, who was the 57-kilo freestyle, uh, will accept his final X and will be uh, competing uh, at the Stillwater final X. And then we have Sarah Hildebrandt, who accepted at 50 kilos. Uh, She will be wrestling at New York. And I think, did I get everyone here? I think there was, yes, I did get everyone. So those are our five um, final X uh, people who have accepted this week. So in addition to the seven who uh, had accepted as of our last episode, that is 12 that have accepted out of the 30 weight classes uh, to the final X. So be interesting to see how it goes. Uh, there's still a few more, I'm sure, that'll we'll be hearing about the remainder probably coming up uh, the next week. So we'll just, uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, with that being said, Matthew, so let's, um, I do have, I, I did want to cover today some, uh, some news tidbits with you. Uh, I pulled up quite a few that uh, will probably interesting to see how it goes. So first one, uh, let's go to this one. So, I had, I had seen this, but I didn't really bother to follow up with it, but I wanted to kind of go over it this week. So you've got the University of Bloomsburg, you've got Lock Haven, and you've got Mansfield. So three different universities. And it looks to me that all of these are in the state of Pennsylvania. Now, something that happened was that... Uh, these three schools are going to merge into one university system 
and it's going to be called um, down here. It's going to be called Commonwealth University of Pennsylvania. Uh, now, I think a lot of people, and especially the, you know, the athletic programs, I think we're all worried about what was going to happen. Was it going to be just on one campus? How was that going to work out? So uh, in the end, the NCAA um, decided that uh, they approved a plan by the upcoming Commonwealth University of Pennsylvania to retain all athletic programs at the three campuses. So I got to imagine now what's going to happen is that it's going to be called, um, you know, CUP uh, Bloomsburg, CUP Lock Haven, and CMP Man Mansfield. That's what I think is going to happen um, with these. So, um, all three universities are charter members of the Pennsylvania State Athletic Conference. And um, except for Bloomsburg, well, actually, no. Uh, normally, these these schools are competing at D2. However, Blue, Bloomsburg competes at uh, D1 in the MAC. And then Lockhaven competes at D1 level in the uh, at Atlantic 10 uh, conference. Oh, actually, no, I'm sorry. I'm reading this wrong. That was the, the hockey team. Uh, they are also in the MAC. So... That would have been kind of a, a bit of a you know, a bit of a quandary if um, you know the Mac lost, you know, these two schools. That would not have been good uh, for them. Uh, but uh, I'm glad to see that uh, you know they'll be able to retain the programs, you know, because uh, the last thing we need is for D1 programs. To now, yeah, yeah. Now remind me, how many of these? Uh... Uh, um, so the you got three schools that are going to be merging, right? And they're going to be under one name. And the pro the problem I think that was being faced was that were were the what? How is it going to affect the athletic programs? Were they all going to have to be just one program? in the entire system or was it going to be several programs based on the campus? And so I think what ended up happening was that the, the three schools and then the, the new school that's coming up, they gave the NCAA a plan on how to maintain and retain the programs, their athletic programs. So, and, it, and like, it says above the NCAA has approved that. So Bloomsburg and Lockhaven are going to keep their their athletic programs, which includes the the two schools wrestling programs that compete at the D one level. Does Mansfield even have a wrestling program? No. When I looked at it down here, it said that um, they have thirteen athletic programs that include uh, football. So no, they don't. Um, they don't have a wrestling program. So it doesn't really affect them as much as it affects Lock Haven and Bloomsburg in terms of wrestling. 
So they're basically going to be Commonwealth University, Pennsylvania, Bloomberg, Lock Haven, and Mansfield are going to be their individual locations. Right. And and it says here they will make they will retain their um, existing logos, mascots, colors, and traditions. Yeah. Existing foundation alumni association campuses. So they're they're under one system. It's like it's like the UC system. Kind of yes. It's it just sounds it's yeah it sounds like they're under one system, but they're 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 just you know they're they're still independent. It's not like um, when um, Long Island University merged and all those programs were were being merged together, which didn't affect the wrestling program because it was only one wrestling program, and it was the D2 school that went D1. So it, it, it wasn't that complicated situation. Now, if, they, if all three had merged, that would have been complicated because then it's like, well, which president or what? It's like, it's like who, do you, who maintains what positions and blah, 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 blah. So which wrestlers do you keep? Right. So, cause you know, you can only, you can only do a, a 30 man, the, you know, the 30 man uh, roster. So right. it, yeah, it looks like, um, it looks like they found a way of maintaining things. It, it doesn't Which is look, nice, which yeah. is nice to hear. It's one system, it's different campuses. So right. it's not, it's, like I said, it's not like Long Island University where they decided, oh, we're going to merge campuses. And then all the, the teams that, you know, all the, the, the other the teams that were, um, my understanding was they were just maintaining all the D1 teams. And it's just like, well, D2 players, you can try out for the, and it's just like, people were not, people on those other teams were not happy. Fortunately, like I said, wrestling and several other sports where they were the sole sport between the two teams was unaffected. Yep. So, so it's like they were able, it's like, it's, it's a merger of the system, but they were able to maintain the individual. That's kind of like how back when, that's kind of like how when um, Lindenwood developed their own system and they created the Belleville campus and Belleville had their own sports. And wrestling was one of the sports for a while, anyways. I, at some point, they cut the wrestling program. So, all right. So it, it, it sounds like they were able to maintain things. This is they, yeah, which it, is what, it, they put them under one system. It's it's kind of like how again, like you know, um, at SAC, you're able to take classes at either SAC or SEC. Right, because they're under the they're they're in the same district. Yeah, they're under the Rancho Santiago district. So, it, it's um. But I think I think most I think most of the athletics though, I'll have to go I'll have to go back. Most of the athletics is at Santa most of the athletics are at SAC. Yeah, there, there is athletics at SEC, but it's um the more the more competitive athletics is at um yeah. Though with the way that things were going at one point, I'd imagine it was more desirable to go to SEC because you may, might have had a more cooperative 
Dean, but we could get a, oh, we could get into that another time. So let's move on to our next topic, which is this. This I I would see as a more kind of an inspiring topic. So um, we had a uh, um, USA Wrestling put this out because uh, they had the Virginia State Championships. Uh, one Adonis Lattimore, who was born without legs, uh, won the um, state championship at 106 pounds. And uh, so, you know, that's, I think it's just one of those things, um, you know, that, uh, and it, uh, from, from reading this article, you know, uh, he was the, the youngest of four kids, um, you know, born without legs. And he also had a few fingers missing also from one hand, um, talking about how his, you know, his parents in, the, in order to accommodate his needs, you know, changed jobs uh, and such. And um, they also want to make sure that, you know, even with his, uh, you know, certain disabilities, though, that he could be self-reliant and they want to make sure that they were uh, making that be possible for uh, Adonis. And uh, it seems that, uh, you know, I think no one in the family knew about wrestling much. So there was a, uh, there was a, uh, he brought home a flyer one day and, uh, you know, just uh, getting down that path, just learning stuff. And, uh, you know, eventually uh, what I'm seeing though, is that, uh, and uh, if you want me to send you the link, I can, I can do that. But I think just, you know, he worked hard and uh, was consistent and uh, just, you know, figuring out how to, how to do stuff. It does look like he had a, uh, um, you know, he did have a losing streak, uh, you know, because he was having to transition to different levels uh, and stuff. And um, looks like it was his dad who was, you know, a bit discouraged from seeing his son losing so much, but uh, you know, I think just uh, seeing something like this, though, because, Matthew, I think we've seen a lot of, of people, you know, even if they don't have, you know, full digits and stuff like that, they go out and be successful. I mean, you know, Anthony Robles is uh, one such uh, individual uh, that we can see that, that, you know, was able to reach that high level and stuff. So um, I think that... Uh, you know, just being able to, to do that. Well, we've had personal experience because was it Western that has like basically a deaf? Um, I, I'd like to say they have a deaf, they might have a deaf program. And as a result, they have a lot of uh, deaf wrestlers. A uni- university high school. University. Yeah. Univer- they, they'd stop by the Santa Ana practices. And, you know, it's like at that point, um, the best you could do is have to um, enunciate and so that they can read lips right. and do the most basic of sign language. But, yeah, I remember that. And I would remember when those guys, when I actually see those guys wrestle, it's like you wouldn't hear anything from their corner. Because mm-hmm. they're just like, there's, well, there's no use because... But yeah, it is possible for wrestler, dis, you know, disabled people to go out and wrestle. We and I even at Lindenwood, I saw another guy who had no legs. I don't know if this is the same guy, 
but I also saw a guy with um, who was blind. And keep in mind, this is not on. This was at the Linwood Open. This was not on the Linwood team. But you know, they have certain rules for blind wrestlers. It's that the non yeah. wrestler has to let them make. make you, you have to. You, you have to maintain contact at all times. And so, one of the things you're supposed to do is you're supposed to clasp hands like this. You know, one way or the other. You're supposed to, in the event that a, a blind wrestler has to, you know, is wrestling that um, contact has to be maintained at all times. So, yes. But uh, I'm glad to see something like this, you know, because this is something that uh, can always, you know, uh, hopefully be used to inspire, you know, more people. You know, even people that aren't, um, you know, don't have physical challenges but still need something to inspire them. I'm hoping that something like this, can definitely, you know, make them want to go out and be more than than they might be right now. Especially with how things have gone, you know, with uh, COVID really put a stop to a lot of people. So hopefully this this will be inspiring to a lot of people going forward. Well, and then, of course, we talked, you know, it's like you mentioned Anthony Robles and, you know, he went out and won the, the NCAA championships this year. He wasn't even, he wasn't even seated in the top, or, as I recall, he was seated seventh, makes all the way to the finals, and beats the defending NCAA champion. Nine to nothing. And it's, uh, I was staying with the rights at the time, but they're like, oh my gosh, look at this one legged wrestler goes out. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, it's just, that's just one of those like inspirational things where it's just like, yeah. And as I, I think he now does commentating for uh, ESPN now. Yes, he does. He does. Uh, he'll do the he'll do the um, the NCAA the ESPN broadcast. But he was also another one of those examples where he's like, "Thank you, Arizona State, for continuing to stand by and maintain the wrestling program." Because there were multiple times that they almost cut the program before he even started wrestling. So if that hadn't happened, it you know. He might not have wrestled in college at all, but he was able to go out there and inspire. And at one point, he was actually being um, marketed uh, with the Pac-12's um, material. What they were—they were saying tournament of or conference of champions, and using him as one of the 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 selling points. Yep. So um, congratulations to, uh, again, uh, Adonis Lattimore for, you know, uh, winning the state championship and uh, being an inspiration to uh, many more to come. Now, I forgot. Did they say that um, uh, he might be moving on to college wrestling? So if I were to go down here, see, after the winning the title and appearing on ESPN, have been busy with media requests. Exposure has helped generate college offers families working through um family has to deliberate where Adonis will wrestle next because they have to think about factors um beyond the usual you've got terrain weather accessibility uh he is helping to coach um the spring uh team but uh, he'll probably make a decision later on so it'll be interesting oh he'll probably end up going to if, if he gets offers from 
a college with a more milder climate, you might have to go with that. Yeah, I have to guess either NAIA or D2. That's probably the... Yeah, because there's not that... Unless he gets an offer from Arizona State, he's... Yeah, go, go, yeah, train with, train with Robles. Well, I was talking more along the lines of Arizona Actually, Arizona State, I can't... No, no, they're in an area where it doesn't snow. There are certain parts of the desert that actually snow, but I, mm-hmm. I was probably thinking more Utah than I was um, uh, Arizona. All right, so let's move on to topic number three for the day. So I haven't had a chance to go over this one yet, but it looks like um, looks like this might be real pro real pro wrestling num- version two point American Wrestling League to launch fall 2022. They're having Q and A's at the U.S. Open. So uh, American Wrestling it League be is more pleased- like Real Pro Wrestling 3.0 because about five years ago they had Agon Wrestling and uh, what's the thing called? Um, the uh, um, actually Agon more closely resembled the uh, actually Agon was the beginning of those those one off tournaments. But uh, the close, the one that more closely resembled it was Tour ACW, because mm. those were actual tournaments with payouts, and the, the rules actually closely resembled real pro wrestling. And I think Teak Moore, who was a um, uh, real pro wrestling alumni, um, uh, hosted that. So this would more, be more like Real Pro Wrestling 3.0. Hmm. So um, they announced plans to launch, launch the league, um, and it is going to be a freestyle-only league. Um, inaugural season will begin in the fall of 2022. Um, Q&As are being offered during the U.S. Open. Uh, it is owned and operated by Andrew Barth, who is the founder of the Titan Mercury Wrestling Club, and Rich Paleo, uh, alumni of Penn State. Uh, the AWL will field dual meet teams of men and women freestyle, which is what they call a groundbreaking venture not yet seen in professional sports. So what you're listening to that so far, what's the difference between how they're saying they're intending to do this versus how real pro wrestling um, did their operations math. If you want to kind of just maybe if uh, to the best of your abilities, give us a summary of how real pro wrestling operated in their matches. Well, real pro wrestling actually um, instituted the push out rule before um, it was instituted uh, in the, at the world level. But um, the uh, it um, it was mixed rules because there'd be times where you could actually where they would have a Greco only in certain situations they'd have a Greco only um, part and it was if certain rules were instituted and of course they did have like um, I think they did institute five point throws and um it was a dual meet style um well it was supposed to institute dual meet style um 
but they only had the one tournament where they had um, the uh, where they had a, a tournament essentially, and it was, they were supposed to be. The idea was that it would be a dual meet league. They would do duels, and then they. I don't know if the plan was to do a dual meet championship and then an individual championship, but um, they just had the one season where they had the one one championship, and uh, all the matches were done in a soundstage in Tennessee. So, so what I'm looking at uh, in here now, I think what they're saying. It says AWO field dual meet teams of both men and women in freestyle. A groundbreaking well, thing is that they only did met. Um, right. Yeah, they only no, did. I think what they're. I think what they're. I think what they're saying here, in terms of groundbreaking venture, and when they're saying both men and freestyle, I think that what that means is that they're going to have a dual meet competition, and men and women will both represent. Now, I'm very sure that they're there's not going to be intrasex wrestling. I think it's going to be, you know, it's just going to be men and women on the, you know, in one dual meet. I yeah. Think. There's, 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 there's just that that's a can of worms. That's just, yeah. So um, both men and women's wrestling uh, freestyle wrestling in the U S have raised the bar over the years says Barth. Uh, we have amazing men and women in freestyle wrestling. Not only can wrestle, but can be household names and role models in America. It makes sense to offer a professional league that features the talents of both our men and women freestyle wrestlers. So, uh, the AWL will offer a draft with the potential of 120 freestyle wrestlers, 60 men and 60 women being drafted into the inaugural season. This endeavor by the AWL is supported by USA Wrestling, which... Matthew, if you recall, how what was USA Wrestling involved with either RPW or any of the other ventures after that? To your recollection, I think they. I don't think they um, supported it like they're doing with this, but there was unofficial support. I don't think USA Wrestling took an official stance, but they they definitely were offering support. Um, something of note though. Um, is that um, they act, uh, RPW did have some international wrestlers. So um, I don't know if they do the same thing here. Yeah, it looks like, I, I think what they're going to be doing here is people who have, who are representing the United States here. So yeah, it's called different. the American Wrestling League. So, um, so anyway. Tour ACW actually did have some USA wrestling support because it was another way of doing the tournaments and keeping um, the wrestlers um, in shape and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what they do, um, you know, because they'll be having the draft. That's pretty much how that's coming down, you know. I think, I think it's, I think, um, uh, I think this is more like one of those do or die situations where maybe USA wrestling feels that in order to legitimize the sport and maybe make it to where um, they can retain wrestlers longer instead of them moving into something like MMA where, I mean, let's face it, you make more money in MMA than you make in, in, um, I mean, even starting out the lower tier, I mean, you make more money in MMA than you do in, in, uh, in well, yes, because US, 
well, because wrestling is mainly a sponsored sport. Yeah, it's, you're either making it by sponsorships or I think USA Wrestling said that World Championship and Olympic. They uh, get money for winning they, medals. Yeah, they get yeah they get money but, for winning medals. But a a gold a gold medalist at the Olympics only makes twenty five thousand dollars. And why is that? Because the USA wins so many Olympic gold medals compared to a lot of other. You can be making six, seven digits if you're representing like a poor country or something like that. You know, you make a lot more money wrestling for a, and actually I shouldn't say poor country, an underdeveloped country or a country that uh, might be a fierce rival to the U.S. So... You know, Wait, you, how would they be making six, seven digits if they're... If well, it depends on the country because some countries will pay out that much. They will pay six, seven digits if you if you win a gold medal. It depends on the country, but there are countries that do that. You know, you're, you're made a hero and, a, and, a, and you're made pretty rich quickly if you if you win a gold medal well we know what happened under the soviet system they were paying their they were you know they were the essentially essentially they were professional athletes they were either officially in the military or officially given government jobs but they were given like they just had them like fill out paperwork for two hours or something like that yeah they, they, they didn't they didn't have them do it's like they had they were basically they basically made pencil pushers officially, but the reality was they were training these guys in like the normal amount of time that they were training these professional uh, that you know professional athletes get paid. So, uh, what do you, what do you think, Matthew? You you think that there might be potential with this league? I think there's potential. Um, yeah, I think there's potential. I mean, we've seen uh, honestly, this isn't the only time that a league was started like this. There was an Iranian league that also got started up. It's no longer around. There were there's been various leagues that have come and gone, but it's I, I would imagine that like the the single events that are more like MMA fight card style events that maybe um if they did this on like, does it say there's a broadcasting plans or anything like no, that? Like, there's, a, there's no, there's no details. Just that they're starting. So I would imagine that if Flow Wrestling, um, I would imagine the platform. Oh yeah, Flow Wrestling is involved, and if they're broadcasting it, then yeah, there could be some money in here. I mean, it's on oh, Yeah. And I guess it would depend on how much they're paying the athletes. The, the reality, the reality is any venture like this, because like, for example, let's, let's throw out MMA as the best comparison. There's a, takes a lot to run an MMA promotion. The fact that the UFC has been around for Thirty years it started out in ninety three. Yeah, I know. Uh, thirty years. Um, yeah, thirty years. Uh, next year, mm-hmm. thirty years. The fact that it's been around for that long of a time, they it's gone through like three or four different 
ownership transitions. It was partially owned by the Gracies. Then Semaphore Entertainment Group bought them out. They went broke. The Fertitas bought them out. The Fertitas struggled for three years before it finally started becoming successful. So that, that you know, the fact that they were able to sell something they bought for $2 million for $4 billion, that's, that's that, a that again, tremendous I mean, turnaround. Um, Bellator's gone through a transition, uh, some leadership changes as well. They went from being independently owned to now being owned by Paramount. Um, PFL's gone through some leadership changes too. They went from, I'm not, they went through a leadership change as well. They were originally known as World Series of Fighting. They got bought out by a new parent company. And they're now the PFL. So it's, it takes a lot to run a promotion, uh, you know, a, um, and there's been some other like submission grappling promotions as well that have come and gone. It takes a lot to be able to run, get up and running a promotion. And then like, for example, Real Pro Wrestling, I think they start, they were like doing regional qualifiers for like a second season and then from what I've read, there was a hostile takeover. And the company essentially, um, but there were plans to, to turn it into something big. So th- there's a variety of things that go into starting up and running, let's just say combat sports promotion. So it, it, there, there's a lot of things that go into something like that. So, um, and let's be honest, when it starts, it's going to be a little, uh, it's going to be a niche thing. It's going to be very niche. It's going to take a lot in order to try to appeal to wider audiences, especially, let's face it, it's going to compete with pro wrestling. This is real pro wrestling. And then there's choreographed pro wrestling. So it's going to take a bit in order to, um, it's, it's going to take a lot of effort. It's going to take a lot of funding. There is a chance it could succeed. But, like, I'm, again, I'm going to go to MMA. You see the number of MMA promotions that have come and gone over the years. Uh, World, World Fighting Alliance, Strike Force, uh, Elite XC, Affliction, Pride. You know, we knew Pride. Um, there's just a lot of uh, some of those. Some of those were bought out by the UFC. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, how many of those actually folded on their own? Um, Elite XC folded on their own. The International Fight League folded on their own. Affliction folded on their. Yeah, Affliction pretty much folded on their own, and the UFC bought the assets. Um. Yeah, so some promotions were bought out by the UFC. Others died unceremonious deaths. So, um, yeah, it's just one of those things where it takes a lot of effort, time and effort in order to get uh, something like that going. But it can be rewarding, especially... Like if you were like if they were to do, I don't know when exactly they would do these seasons. Um, it would probably be one of those things where they'd have to. Um, 
they would have to be realistic and just not draft college wrestlers unless they're oh no yeah you can't season. draft college wrestlers yeah it's, it's it's like just it's like let these guys finish up college wrestling is struggling enough as it is it's not like college football or college basketball where you know it's like you know you get one pe- person drafted and you've got you know another person uh, however many people to fill that spot it's college wrestling is kind of a little bit more of a um, delicate situation. So it would, just, it would be better if uh, you, you just not let that um, happen. So um, yeah, it, it's possible. Um, we've seen some pro wrestling projects happen before, but we'll just have to wait and see if um, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see how this goes. With that being said, yep, American Wrestling League. Be did, a sh- they, did they say when it would start? It said fall 2022. Oh, okay. So, so it sounds and, like you know, it's like, well, who are they going to draft? Who's going to accept being drafted? And then, yeah, I think it's going to come down to, well, where are they going to be allowed to train? How much are they going to be making? Because like you said, you know, the reason why wrestling's been losing a lot of people is because they go to MMA where they can make money. Or, you know, in certain cases, they'll go to, you know, WWE or, or you know, fight, you know, those types of promotions. Because you know, the-, the reality is, the, the reality is the guys who go into WWE, they were e, A, offered big money, B, they... Um, um, they they were willing to do something that's a performance more than a competition. So yeah, like Kurt Angle, he was willing to accept the money. Um, Brock Lesnar, he was willing to accept the money. Bobby Lashley was willing to accept the, accept the money. Um, Gable Stevenson, well, is willing to accept the money. One example of someone who wasn't willing to accept the money because he wanted to keep competing was Ruan Gardner. And he competed for another four years, got his uh, bronze medal after surviving. He knows how much stuff. And he even competed in pride once. So, yeah, we'll just, we'll just have to wait and see how all this goes. It, it, uh, it'll be, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. I would imagine that uh, just at the start, they're probably going to be drafting – because they said how many wrestlers? 120. 60 men, 60 women. I would imagine that they'd be willing to accept some Greco guys in there as well. If the guys want well, Yeah, if they're willing to do freestyle. That's the yeah. thing. This is going to be a freestyle only league. Yeah, but I bet, I, you, I bet you if Greco were to become an official division for women, they might expand this. We'll just have to wait and see how this goes. It, it'll be interesting to see what happens, yep. especially after. Um, wait, oh, they already did the um, the Q and A's. Right, they would have done the Q and A's yesterday. So we'll have to see what they're gonna say. So uh, I guess I guess if I guess if we're able to find the Q and A. Um, The, you know, like a list of the Q and A's, then maybe we can go over that next week. Maybe. Oh, okay. 
All right. So moving on to uh, tidbit number five. Um, more programs are being added. Uh, Quincy University of Illinois is adding both men and women's wrestling. They are D2, and their inaugural season is going to be fall of this year. So uh, Quincy University has announced both men and women's wrestling uh, will be added to the its varsity intercollegiate lineup. Uh, competition will begin 2022. Um so consideration of wrestling was accelerated after Hannibal LaGrange and Lincoln College, uh, both NAIA member region uh, institutions, oh, recently announced the closing of their wrestling programs at the end of this academic year. So the NAIA is losing a few programs, but... Uh, so we Quincy. used to duel Hannibal LaGrange in at Mobab. Oh, really? Yeah, they were one of our easy wins because their team. Um, well, to be fair, Mobab did um, at one point start to do pretty well in NAI wrestling. Hannibal LaGrange was in the lower second tier. So um, anyway. Uh, yeah, so they're going to be coming up, and uh, yeah, you know, and that's a good thing, you know, at least if you're, and this will probably happen, you know, you'll have, oh, and especially when it comes to NAIA, you know, I, I would imagine that NAIA is probably the, one of the easier divisions to start up a wrestling program, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, because there's not as, uh, there's not as uh, many, um, there's not as many uh, regulations of like that as the NCAA and AI doesn't have as many. They conform a lot of their rules, but they don't have as many. It's a little bit more loose. So yeah, it's, it's definitely easier. I mean, we've seen that happen. But on the flip side, what that could mean is that depending on if the, if the program is successful or if, you know, whether or not it's gaining a lot of support at the same time, that could it could probably be one of the easier places to end up having the program dropped too. Unfortunately. Fortunately, yes. So anyway, but that's good. You know, that means that, uh, you know, we will have uh, um, another program in there. And it uh, looks like this is... Yeah, but these guys are D2. What? These guys are D2. Yes, they're D2. But the programs that we're dropping are, are NAIA. Yeah. But still, that's good because, you know, um, this would, I guess, what this is. Fill the, the placing. Yeah, fill the gap. Because Hannibal LaGrange, are they in Illinois? No, they're in Missouri. They're in Missouri? Yeah. Well, because I think Missouri and Illinois are really close to each other, aren't they? They're right next to each other. Yeah. Yeah. So. Like, there's, there's a part of Illinois referred to as East St. Louis. <laughs> It's kind of it's kind of like how Kansas City of Kansas City, Missouri, and then you have Kansas City, Kansas. Right. All right. So, so um, so yeah. So hopefully there's gonna be some uh good things coming out of this. You know, we wanna we we always um like it when more programs are added. You know, we've reported on that several times. 
during our doing this uh, this podcast. So you know, hopefully we'll you know get to see more, maybe a few more added before um, the new season starts. We'll see. We'll see. Okay, so we have a, another state that is sanctioning women's wrestling for high school. North Carolina has joined the fray, Matthew. Isn't that the, um, isn't that the state where that one girl recently won the state championship in men's wrestling? Was that? Uh, I would not be surprised. Uh, in fact, yes, here it is. Nine women have qualified for the boys' state championships in 2021, and Heaven Fitch became the first girl to win the title in 2020. So yes, uh, so the season will so the season for them will start in 23-24, which is kind of interesting that they would wait a year. But there's probably a lot of rules and logistics involved with that so it's like okay well, well when know. is when for example is um uh, are the uh dc schools supposed to start uh you mean the d2 schools we just talked about oh washington dc oh that's that's 23 24 oh so the same same time frame yeah so it's not unusual right um, so North Carolina will be the 35th state in the country to have sanctioned uh, women's wrestling. Um, so that means that there's 15 more states to go. And you have to remember, Mississippi is the only state in the country that does not sanction boys wrestling either. So maybe at some point, um, I got to imagine, though, if Mississippi were to sanction wrestling, they got to be sanctioning both at the same time would be my guess if they were to sanction it, but. Oh yeah. Mississippi doesn't sanction wrestling. Yes, that's correct. It's one of the few States not to, right? It's the only state not to have high school wrestling. Hmm. Yep. Okay. So last, uh, last thing. Is it the last thing? No, this is uh, the sixth thing. Matthew. Bit of a the end of an era. Uh, California Baptist University head coach Lenny Zaleski will be retiring after 11 years at the helm of CBU. So he saw them through the um, I think he saw them through the NAI to D2 transition, and then he saw them through to the D1 transition. Well, he's he's getting up there in years. So, um, yep, he's going to be retiring. And uh, so let me see here. Overall, he had a 71-70-1 record at CBU. Uh, is a 17-7 and mark in conference and four top three national finishes. Uh, Lancers also won best program 13 duels with Zaleski at the helm in the 14-15 season. He was named Rocky Mountain Athletic Conference coach in 2016, and he was the NCAA D2 coach of the year in 2017. So he's in the Alaska Wrestling Hall of Fame. That's a, I have to see how. 
that one works. Obviously, the Iowa Hall of Fame and then the California Hall of Fame. So uh, let me see here. Uh, Coaches wrestlers to a total of 35 All-American awards and seven individual national championships, including three at the NCAA level. Uh, As an NCAA D1 member, CBU produced nine All-American finishes and one championship, one champion in three seasons at the National Collegiate Open. So that means nine wrestlers competed at the and, and the National Collegiate Open and uh, were able to um, get All-American. Now, uh, one of his seven individual national championships champions is uh, uh, Jimmy Martinez, who is a um, alumni of Santa Ana College. And Jimmy was a two-time All-American for Santa Ana College. Plus, that one of those includes being a state championship on the 2009 championship team, which I had the privilege of being the team manager for that season. Um, and then I do know that uh, Jimmy Martinez, in his junior year, made the finals at the NCWAs. And then he won the NCAAs his senior year. So um, that's one, another SAC alumni that uh, we can talk about. So let me see here. Oh, okay. Yes, that's right. So Zaleski came to CBU after he was the head of UC Davis, which we know what happened with them. And uh, he was the... He was a three-time NCAA All-American, former assistant coach at Iowa. And uh, so he was at Davis until the program uh, was dropped. And then he had Pac-10 placers, four conference championships, the four conference champions, and 27 student athletes who qualified for the NCAAs. Uh, He was Pac-10 Coach of the Year, uh, and he coached the Aggies' first-ever NCAA D1 National Champion uh, in any sport. And they cut the program. Yeah. They had one national champion up until that point, and they cut the program. First, First national champion, and then they cut the program. I don't, I don't get, in all due honesty, I don't, I don't get how some of these administrations work. The, the athletic director, the, the athletic directors, de, you know, genuinely don't understand. Like some of these athletic directors, I wonder, like, did you even play sports? No, a lot, uh, a lot of them. Didn't. They're bureaucrats. Yeah. Like, uh, we've got plenty of stories about the bureaucrat that we have to deal with at SAC, both of us. Me as a journalist and you as, the, as a member of the coaching staff. So, let me see here. Uh, Zaleski, well, three-time All-American at Iowa. Yep. And uh, first coaching job, coached under Gable. 
Uh, ah, he, there's the Alaska connection. Yeah, eight seasons as the head wrestling coach at Palmer High School in Palmer, Alaska. I'll have to see if they did anything up there. Because he probably did. Yeah. Okay, well, so with that being said, so Matthew, yeah. Does it say who... Oh, look at his uh, his assistant his, coach. His former his former champion from UC Davis. It's gonna be the uh, the interim head coach. So, so see. he's about as qualified as uh, as Zaleski. Yep. So CBU will be joining the Big Big Twelve next season. Uh, after it received a letter of intent from the conference regarding affiliate membership starting in 22-23. Contingent on a successful completion of its NCAA D1 four-year reclassification process, which I very much hope that the NCAA will clear them on. Uh, I think we're tired. I think we're all tired of CBU having to play this. It seems like it was forever, but it was only four years. Yes. Co-2020 National Collegiate Open Coach of the Year. Yep. All right. So, well, thank you to Coach Seleski for the many years and for the... Or, yes, for the many years of service to the... the um, wrestling community. I wonder so, how his little brother's doing. Mm, yeah, where's he at right now? He... He went um, – he's not at Oregon anymore, right? He was the head coach at Oregon at one point. Yes. When – yeah, when uh, – when what's it called? Um, Well, while you're finding that out, let me go into the last topic that we have, a uh, news topic for tonight, which uh, I think you'll find this interesting. So the uh, NFHS is easing restrictions on facial hair for 22-23 season, starting in the 22-23 season. So someone could look like me and they'll be okay to go out and wrestle. They don't have to wear like the face mask and all that anymore. Ed, they were making wear face masks. Oh, remember the mask that you wore when you you um you broke your nose that one time? Yeah. So one of the ways that people were getting around because uh were getting around it was wearing the face mask. That was uncomfortable and it was sweaty in there. Yeah. So um yeah, high school wrestlers may now have facial hair on the entire face and chin. Provided a skin check can still be conducted. Previously, wrestlers were required to be clean shaven with the exception of sideburns and a nearly trimmed, neatly trimmed mustache. Uh, it was one of three rule changes recommended by the NFHS uh, Wrestling Rules Committee and uh, was approved by the Board of Directors. Uh, Facial hair, the skin must be visible to allow for skin check to be performed as determined by the referee or designated on-site 
appropriate health care professional. Oh, really? Jim Zaleski is still uh... on March 9th. Zaleski was dismissed as head, at head coach of Iowa State. On May 21st, University of Jamestown in North Dakota hired him as the new wrestling coach. Okay. I wonder why they uh, dismissed Zaleski. Good question. Because he was doing pretty good. Won seven Pac-12 championships between 2006 and 2020. 147, 75, and two dual meet record. Hmm. So, so, why they, so why would they let it go? And so, so he was let go from two wrestling positions. Iowa, which is understandable, and then Oregon State, which is not as understandable. Hmm. Unless he just – unless – he had a similar situation where he kind of let the quality of the wrestling go down. But, uh, but, but Oregon State concentrates on a bunch of other sports. It's like, why are you concentrating? It's like, I know that they're one of the better performing wrestling schools, but yeah, you're letting a guy go who won, who's got a proven track record. Well, clearly, North Dakota Jamestown is like, oh, we have a good wrestler. We have a good eligible coach coach for us. If, so, we're, talking um, about, if we're talking about consistency, the older um, Dave was the better overall consistent coach. Yeah. Because Jim had Jim won three championships out of the gate, and then things just went downhill from there. Mm-hmm. Then he goes to o- Oregon State. Things do pretty good. And, you know. Uh... All right. So uh, getting back on this. Um, so you can have long hair, but the skin has to be visible. So the, the goat I have would kind of have to be reasonably trim. trim. Yeah, it looks like. Um, to get around this rule, rest, it looks like wrestlers are allowed to wear the face masks. So... Well, have, let's face it. How many um, eight-year-olds well, have beards? I've seen a few. I've seen a few. Um, it's not a common trait, though. You didn't, like you did not start growing full-on beards until you're in your early twenties. Yeah. Um, I have. I have encountered it sometimes where um, uh, there have been some wrestlers who are brought up. I remember That's, when they adjusted the hair um, uh, rules. Like yeah. when I was wrestling, it was wear a cap or cut your hair. Right. Nowadays, they don't. They don't even have to tie their hair up anymore. And 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 they don't. They so they don't have to wear the cap. The cap is optional. Optional now. Um, they don't even have to secure their hair. It's obviously smarter if you do because you need to see. Right. Like, 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 uh, you know, aspirin, you know, had that big fro. You don't want that fro going like, like this. Right. Or, or let's, let's throw Benson Henderson because, you know, he likes to fight with wild hair. It's like you don't want someone like that with their hair going all over like this. Yeah. So it's smarter to tie your hair. It's just not required. 
right? Uh, so let me see here. Uh, I think another thing, um, so it looks like another change that's coming is uh, rule 421 permits wrestlers to wear hair control devices and other adornments in the hair that are securely fastened and do, do not present an increased risk to the wrestler or opponents. Now, see, this is going to, I can I can just see the officials meetings that I'm going to have coming up where they're going to be like, okay, so what what specifically is allowed? Because one of the things that they said earlier was like, you know, like one of those, the the rubber bands, the string rubber bands are allowed to do that. But what do they mean by other devices? What specifically, does that mean like a hair clip or something? Is that what they're allowing? Because that you certainly can't have a hair clip in there when you're trying to wrestle. So I'm, I'm, I'm wondering what this rule 421 is going to mean in regards to that. Um, and it looks this like another... This obviously affects you as the... Um, of course. Officiator. It doesn't, really, it doesn't really matter to me because I'm just like, okay, whatever. Yeah. Uh, another a, rule I don't change. have an opinion one way or the other. Oh, so, so here's something, Matthew. In the event a wrestler's shoelaces um, become untied or the shoe comes off during a match, a wrestler will be penalized for stalling. Um, you know, because... Before, if uh, if a if a wrestler came to the mat, if if a wrestler reported to the mat and their shoelaces were undone, that was a technical violation and a one point before. But now it's just well, the shoelaces coming undone during the match before were stalling already, but the shoe coming off was a technical violation. So what they've done is the shoe coming off is now just a stall call. Uh, shoe and shoelace infractions are no longer subject to injury time. Match will not will not be stopped to warn or penalize this instance of stalling. I'm wondering what that means. Additionally, any two-point stalling infraction or penalties will not cause the match to be stopped to warn or penalize a wrestler. Okay. So, that's the, so that's the trade-off is that... Um... They have to have it beforehand or it's going to get docked for them during the match. Right. Well, we, it's, well, you know, it, we know that they're, well, obviously there's shoes designed specifically to cover the shoelaces. Like I, I think I still like, I think I still have my uh, tail twos. And they specifically have a pouch to put your shoelaces in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's those, those have existed for, for literal decades now. So there's no reason why someone should not. And then, of course, you know, those old school time when we would tape them. So there's no reason you shouldn't show up. You, there's no reason why you should show up no, on the map. There's no reason why you shouldn't have, you shouldn't have your shoelaces tied. Yeah, they should be secure. But... You know, some kids just don't understand that. They forget. It is what it is. Well, we it's like we know how they are. They're high schoolers. They don't... Not everything's not up there. In so, some, well, in it, some ways. In other ways, uh, you know, we... It's, let's, let's, let's talk about the Peterson brothers. <laughs> the, the very bright Peterson brothers who were... 
you know, book intelligent, but <laughs> their street smarts were just, ah, uh, yeah, stories, stories of wrestling. Yeah, speaking of, uh, you know, yesterday I did uh, officiate at a at a, a freestyle tournament. So, uh, you know, last time I officiated, I didn't do so bad when it came to freestyle. Like, I got a crash course on how to do it. It's like, okay, take down two. I got that. Uh, yeah, but then the tricky part is having to watch for, like, initiated throws, who pushed who out and stuff. And, um, you know, so – Yesterday would have been one of those days where I would have been more appreciative of having like a three man being a part of a three man team versus having to call it on my own. Uh, you know, so going to have those moments when it comes to freestyle and stuff, which um, by the way, uh, I saw Aaron cross yesterday. And uh, how'd that go? Oh, went okay. Except for maybe a few moves I called that went against some of the BP wrestlers. <laughs> like, hey, man, you know, I got a cause, I see it. You know, nothing personal. Yeah, but anyway, uh, so math, I think we will go ahead and close it out. We've been at this for a while. And um, so hopefully, uh, so got some those, more. oh, I, sh- I should, I should know my reaction was that. Um, my relationship with Aaron Cross, despite him being my former coach, is very similar to my relationship with Steve Lawson in that I will call him an interesting individual and leave it at that. Yeah. There's, there's several guys in the Orange County coaching scene who we could best describe as interesting. Interesting characters. Yes, interesting char- characters is a good way of, of putting it. All right, Math. Well, again, uh, thank you as always for uh, being around. And um, and uh, again, uh, we'll have to see how things are going to go next week. Yep. And uh, hopefully we'll have some good topics to bring up then. So, Math, where can where can uh, people find us on uh, on on uh, on our for our videos? Uh, so YouTube and Rumble is where our video podcasts are. Um, and then we're on Acast, Apple, Spotify, and Google. We are looking at possibly doing essentially subscriptions, which we would qualify as sponsorships on Acast. Um, decision still forthcoming, but in that case, you would be uh, welcome to basically, if you want to put a business or, you know, just a happy birthday message or anything like that, then we would be happy to do that on. Well, it's, it's something we're exploring. No, no set rules yet. Um, and then also more platforms to be added in the future. I know that I've been saying that for a while, but also um, be sure to check out our clips in addition to the regular podcasts. In uh, some cases, those are actually more popular than the podcast itself. So. And uh, so Matthew also operates uh, MMAfreak.com, and that's his uh, side project for covering uh, MMA news and such. And uh, he also does uh, a podcast with his uh, writing mates over there uh, and also some uh, interviews I've seen him do. So uh, make sure to uh, visit him on there. And uh, also the MMA Freak operates a Twitter, which is MMA Freak Out. 
So make sure to follow them. And uh, you can also find Matthew on his uh, regular Twitter, at uh, Matthew Salzer. So make sure that you give him a follow over there too. And uh, we will try to look at, uh, you know, at least for the Samurai Brothers Wrestling, uh, at least making an official uh, Instagram sometime soon, we're hoping. Uh, but we'll have to see how that going. Right now, we're just trying to get everything up and running. So, uh, again, thank you to all for joining us. And I uh, hope you have a great uh, rest of your week, a great start to your May 2022. And we'll be seeing you all next week.